0: This is Truth Pop. This is Truth Pop. With Jake and Kathy. I got some trivia for you. Do you know what saint would say, bring me my weapon? And do you know what it is that that saint was referring to? Think about that. I'll give you the answer in just a little bit. Welcome to Truth Pop. My name is Jake. She is Kathy. And we are that young adult married couple giving you a Catholic take on faith and culture. Looking at uh, movies, TV, songs, and relating it to our Catholic faith. Looking at the true, good, and beautiful in our culture. And uh, maybe they're not so beautiful in culture because we actually got to see the movie Minions just a couple of days ago. And you know Minions, right? It's a cartoon animated film, normally hilarious, like... I love the animated films, but this one we had some issues with, and we're going to explain why. It's time for this week's Truth Pop Pick of the Week. This
1: is Truth Pop. We saw the movie Minions, The Rise of Gru, and it's about Gru as a little boy, and he has this dream to be a supervillain, and he follows this group of villains called the Vicious Six, and one of the villains is actually a nun she wears a full habit and she calls herself the nunchuck and she carries around a nunchuck she carries it in the shape of a cross and she actually uses it as a weapon for attack and at one point this nun even made the sign of the cross signaling that she was about to attack another thing she kept saying was hallelujah every time she was about to attack
0: no, uh, maybe it's not the first time that we've seen a movie using a nun or a priest in kind of like a tropey way, like sort of a punchline. Um this, this just really, really bothered me though, and it honestly affected the whole movie, I think, because I felt like it was an intentional joke and it was intentionally mocking the Catholic faith.
1: You know, if I didn't know anything about the Catholic faith, if I knew nothing about nuns and I was watching this movie, I would actually think it was kind of clever, you know, nunchuck with a nun, like that's kind of like a play on words. And then having the nunchuck, you know, it's like two sticks connected by rope and then having it in the shape of the cross, it kind of goes with her theme. But again, we can't deny that this is extremely offensive and sacrilegious.
0: Oh, it just it's so frustrating now, babe. Like, and I don't I don't mean to get up on my high horse here, but how many times now have we seen a quote unquote family movie and we're seeing this new age stuff, we're seeing anti-Catholic stuff. It's just this honestly is becoming the new norm. And the reason I'm getting passionate about this is because I don't like how much the Catholic faith has become a target in Hollywood. But again, this is why we're doing this podcast, because we want to defend the Catholic faith and we want to defend religious life. So it it just occurred to me after we saw this movie, babe, that, like, you know, let's talk about why religious life matters. How many cloistered nuns are in this world right now, in this moment, praying for you and praying for me? Now, if you don't know what a cloistered nun is, Like, oh my gosh, this is, they're they're just incredible. They devote their entire life in prayer from start to finish, day to night. They're praying. They're offering up their daily sacrifices for the world. And they hardly get get to see their families. It's not like they, they get the weekends off, they can go visit. No, like they're literally cloistered in a convent. And to just think about the magnitude of sacrifice the way that they're praying for the world and and look at look at what we've seen babe the last month the overturning of Roe v Wade we're we're seeing so much happening so much good in our church well let's let's credit the faithful religious who are praying for an end to abortion they're praying for religious freedom and they're praying for all of those people maybe you who may be thinking about Becoming a nun or a priest someday, and I think that's why it bothers me so much that a children's movie would think to just incorporate a nun who's a villain and who's using her nunchuck in the shape of a cross to kill people like that is such a disservice to our church religious life is objectively the church states a higher calling than any other vocation and Now, it took me a long time to really understand what that meant. That doesn't mean that, like, every person is called to be a nun or every person is called to be a priest. But I think what it means is, like, let's all individually discern this amazing calling. And, like, if you have kids, maybe plant that seed and ask them, hey, have you ever considered religious life? So objectively speaking, the church says that religious life is... Basically, like, you're already passing the earthly things of this world on to the next in heaven.
1: When someone is in a religious vocation, they resemble most of what they'll look like in heaven because there's no marriage in heaven except for to Jesus. So when someone is a priest or a nun, they look like how they will in heaven.
0: And I think that, babe, is the reason why priests don't marry in the church Mm -hmm. a lot of people may object to that and say well i think that priests should be married i think that they should be able to have a spouse but i think what we need to understand as catholics is that priests when they discern this higher calling again objectively higher what they're doing is they're choosing chastity over what is already an earthly good marriage right so like They're saying, yeah, marriage is a wonderful thing, but God is calling me to something even better, calling me into a deeper relationship with him. So when they take their final vows, a priest or a nun is essentially giving their entire life over to Jesus. And that's why we say that a a nun is essentially married to Jesus.
1: And a priest is essentially married to the church.
0: Exactly. So like, it kind of gives me chills just thinking about this. Like, a person can't have two spouses. So that's why a priest doesn't marry a woman on earth, because they're already married to the church. That's their that's their vocation. Like, when I was going through my own discernment of whether or not I should be married or be a priest, part of, I think, what helped me to discern that I was called to be married was, I, you know, I talked to like a, a, a spiritual mentor of mine. And, and he was saying, Jake, like you have to like discern what sacrifice do you think you're called to? And like, so if you're called to sacrifice in marriage, you're called to sacrifice for your wife. And that might mean your kids too, like two o'clock in the morning, getting up to change a diaper or put a fussy baby back to bed. <laughs> but a priest is taking on a different sacrifice. They're taking on the sacrifices of the church as a whole, meaning that if they get a call at two in the morning to visit someone in the hospital, they're gonna go. Or again, if, if a person discerns that they're called to be a religious sister, they're having to put up with other nuns in their religious community who may get on their nerves, and that's their sacrifice. And a priest who's hearing confession, they're actually sacrificing too because they're taking on the weight of that sin that the penitence is, the sins that they're confessing, they're taking that sin from them like wow what um, what an amazing gift that is but also an amazing sacrifice to like hear people's deepest darkest wounds and sins and through jesus to be able to take that away like again that's why the priesthood matters
1: another amazing thing that the priest does is he consecrates the bread and wine and it becomes the eucharist And the priest, he is persona Christi. So when the priest gives us the Eucharist, when we receive communion from a priest, God is literally feeding us. Priests are very special, very important, and essential to the church.
0: Again, we got to go back to like, what is the calling and the role of the layperson versus what's the calling of the priest or the religious well, I, I, I like this analogy. You kind of look at it as like, you know, a battleground, right? And so you think about the people on the front ends are the ones who are going out into the periphery. They're having to sort of engage with the culture. And that's the role of the layperson. The layperson is sort of on the front lines. And their role is to be in the workplace. Their role is to talk to that atheist who may live next door and invite that person to a barbecue and maybe plant that seed of faith. But how does the layperson get courage to do that? Well, that's where the role of the religious comes in. That's where the priest is giving that layperson the sacraments, the Eucharist, to nourish their soul so that they'll have the courage to reach out to that atheist at work. Or again, the religious sister who is... Praying the rosary, like probably hundreds of rosaries every year for you, so that you'll have the ability to take a pro life position when it's unpopular at your workplace or at your school. So they sort of are more in the, I don't want to say the background, but they're more on like the back end of the battlegrounds where they're in charge of nourishing you, the layperson. They're equipping us and giving us what we need in order to fight the fight on the front lines of the culture. So, I just like I just can't stress how much we need our priests, like how much we need our religious sisters. And even if they go unseen, even if you don't know many priests, they're there and they're here for you. So, I would encourage you to consider just reaching out to that priest at your church. Maybe he's new and chances are he is lonely chances are he may be struggling with depression or anxiety because they're human. Like I think we as lay people need to do a little bit of a better job of like helping our priests just know that they're not alone too. So like I love families who invite their priests over for a Sunday night dinner um, or they just invite them out to watch a game, just something like that. Because I think priests do need our support And, and religious sisters um, you know, you could you could mail them a letter just letting them know that they're appreciated, that they're loved. And um, maybe if, again, you have kids who are thinking about a religious vocation, don't try to dissuade them from that. Like, it may be hard because you want your kids to get married and have your own grandchildren. But you just think about the ripple effect that if your son or daughter is meant to be a priest or religious, like all of the children that they're going to shepherd as a priest being the spiritual father, like, it's just like, it's, it's mind boggling to me to just think about the ripple effect and just how we're all one family, like one church and the priests that, you know, and the religious that we see need our prayers and they need our support.
1: And if you yourself are considering a vocation to the priesthood or becoming a religious sister or a nun, Don't be afraid to reach out. Um, You can always reach out to us. You can reach out to your priest. You can reach out to friends and family and pray, really pray what vocation God has for you. How many truth pop points would you give this movie? So going
0: back then to the Minions movie, The Rise of Gru, uh, just looking at it in terms of truth pop points. So rating it based off of truth, beauty and goodness. I'm probably going to give it like a three because I, I liked a lot of the comedy in it. I, I think the minions are hilarious, but I just, it was that nun character I just felt like was so unnecessary and didn't need to be there. And frankly, I do feel was sort of a calculated, no, not sort of, no, it was a calculated attempt to mock the faith. Uh, you don't see them putting in a, a non denominational pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Catholic faith is so often. The faith that's mocked in mainstream Hollywood. And I think that it's time that we really speak up against that. So I wouldn't recommend the movie personally.
1: I wouldn't either. I would give the movie a two. I thought it had no redeeming qualities. It glorified evil way too much. And I thought that the non-villain was extremely offensive.
0: So then going back to the trivia, (laughs) uh, I have to answer this question. Who was the priest, though, that said, bring me my weapon? Because, you know, we're talking about this nun who used her nunchuck as a weapon. Well, like, obviously, that's not the same as St. Padre Pio. And he would literally say that to people. He would say, bring me my weapon. And what he was talking about was not nunchucks. He was talking about the rosary. And that's a good example of how sacramentals can actually help us and they can save us from evil. Like Satan is trying to attack all the time and the rosary can protect us from that evil.
1: Yeah, we're on a spiritual battleground. And so the rosary is a weapon, but it's a spiritual weapon that attacks evil and it is not used for violence as the nun used her nunchucks for violence in the movie.
0: So moral of the story is pray your rosary every single day. And if you're not doing that. It's the perfect time to start because you are just, you are so armed when you have the blessed mother on your side, fighting for you and protecting you. Uh, so let's leave it at that. Um, but before we do our, end our episode, uh, we wanted to wrap up with a celebrity prayer circle. This is the celebrity prayer circle on Truth Pop. Uh, what we're doing is after this aftermath of Roe v. Wade, which, you know, it's, It's such a gift, and we praise God that we know now that so many babies' lives are saved. And um, we're just so grateful for this um, just amazing day. And again, uh, we continue to just stand for life, and uh, we want to pray for mothers who are in crisis pregnancy situations. There's a lot of work to be done, but certainly a great milestone has been crossed. But you look around, and uh, a lot of comments that people have made would think, would make you think otherwise that it was a horrific day or like practically Armageddon. Um, So kind of a positive spin then that Kathy and I decided to do is like, let's just pray for people in Hollywood by name who don't see this reversal of Roe v. Wade as a good thing. So every episode now moving forward for the time being for our celebrity prayer circle, we're just going to pick one person uh, who might need prayer and we pray that they can have a conversion of heart Um, Maybe they've had an abortion or maybe they just don't understand the truth of when life begins. So rather than you know speak against that person in a negative way, we just want to lift that person up in prayer. Um, I think we'll start with Pink because we posted about this on our social media accounts, how Pink has said that if you're a pro-life American, she doesn't want you listening to her music anymore. So um, I'm like, okay, well, I'd much rather have Baby's lives protected than that that's okay but let's lift pink up in prayer today and just pray for a softening of heart you know whatever it is that caused her to say something like that um we just pray for her and you know whatever it is that uh she needs to experience whether it's peace or mercy uh just praying for her heart today
1: in the name of the father son holy spirit amen hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
1: In the name of the Father, and the the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, this wraps up the episode of Truth Pop for now. Um, But uh, if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe or also rating the podcast, just to give us your feedback. And if you ever want to contact us through social media and share an idea or any feedback you have, you're always welcome to do that. We're on Facebook and Instagram. But thank you again. God bless you. Take out. This is Truth Pod.